Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is it. The time has come. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night. With Adam Catterall and Nick Pete. You're better than that. On Talksport, the home of boxing. Welcome to it. We're here once again for the Fight Night podcast. And if I do say so myself, it is the most popular podcast on the TalkSport network. If this is maybe a one-off for you, come on, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. Very simple to do. You can do it on iTunes or you can do it via the TalkSport website and you'll never miss out on any of the boxing content, any of the mixed martial arts content that we bring to you on a week-by-week basis on our Fight Night show. Uh, and we're going to kick today's show off with the biggest of guests. Six foot nine, in fact. He is a heavyweight that is hopefully going to become the WBC champion of the world on February 22nd. It's the rematch versus Deontay Wilder. Last week, whilst in Las Vegas, I caught up with Tyson Fury. When you hit the top, did it live up to the expectation that you dreamt as a kid? When you were dreaming of becoming world champion, did it live up to that expectation? I'll never know. I'll never know because I was very ill when I was uh, boxing for that world title. So I never got to appreciate my achievements at all. I went into the camp unwell. I trained unwell all the way through. I was unwell during the fight and I was unwell after the fight. And I continued to be unwell until I got better uh, in late 2017. You know, after I had that mental breakdown, I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me in my life. You know, on, on, on the other side, getting, getting through a mental breakdown and getting the other side of it. It's, um, it's a great feeling, great feeling to go go as low as any man can go and then come back to the top and come out the other side healthy and well and live to tell the story. It's an amazing story and I wouldn't change anything because life's about living experiences and, and I've had a lot of experience in my life, good and bad, highs and lows. And if you don't have these experiences, then I don't think there's much point in, in, being, in being a sportsman, being a fighter, being an entertainer. Life is about experiences. And no matter what the experience is, you should take positives out of everything. Because that even negative stuff, there can be positive experiences from it. And life lessons and things you can learn all the time. As a person, even a 90-year-old person can never stop learning in life. I spent a bit of time with Connor this week, because we're obviously here for Connor's Fight Week. And he was talking about having mixed martial arts in his life and able to centralise him. You've obviously seen what's happened to him since he became... Uh, a, a double weight world champion and obviously went off to fight in the world of boxing and what have you and it seemed the fame, the fortune and what have you and in taking his eye off the ball in the world of mixed martial arts 
kind of then affected the rest of his life. How big of a part of your life is boxing? Not just from a professional point of view, because that's your job and what you do, but in order to affect the rest of your life, that, that, that routine, that discipline, how much does it help? Um, the routine discipline's good. It's, it's a good thing to, to be involved with. Um, I used to think boxing was everything to me. I used to think I couldn't live without boxing, but it's untrue. Boxing's a sport, boxing's my job, and that's where it ends. My life, I've got a great life outside of boxing now, better, better than I've ever had before. And it's just, just keep grounded and keep living like a normal person. Um, I enjoy the small things like taking the kids to school, picking them up, making some breakfast, going to the tip, doing the bins. <laughs> I enjoy all that. Mate, I, I ate it when my wife asked me to do the bins. <laughs> I, I like going to the gym in the morning at the local leisure centre. Yeah. Um, I like training with normal people, speaking to the last of the summer wine boys at the place. You know, <laughs> you've got like 70, 80 year old men, they of all course. go there every morning. Um, and we have a little bit of crack and it's good, you know, it's, it's good, good just to be, there's a lot to be said for being a normal person. Yeah. You know, people will say, oh, life's about ambition and, and IT flighties and all the flash stuff and all that. I beg to differ. I think life's about living a grounded, normal life and, and being, being happy with that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to live a superstar's lifestyle to be happy. I don't need to live in Las Vegas or London to be happy. I can be happy in Morecambe, going for a coffee, dropping the kids off at school, doing me bins, taking the car to get it valeted for a £10 valet, having a haircut on a Monday. You know, going to the gym, training. That's it. That's my routine life. I don't live any other life. That's the best life you can live, I think, just being a normal person. How long then will boxing at this level be a part of what you're doing? Have you, have you got a plan? Have you got a, a certain amount of fights that you want to do before you can crack on with other ambitions? I have no other ambitions. No, my only ambition in life is to be happy. Um, some days I'm happy, some days I'm not. I think with my um, manic depressive disorder, I think that's going to be a part of my uh, life forever. Ups and downs forever, never be right. But, you know, I'm happy. As long as you're above ground and healthy, then I think that's a good thing, in it? Yeah, There's not much more you can be than that. My uncle Billy once told me, the best thing you can ever be is out of trouble. I didn't know what he was on about when he told me that when I was a youngster. I thought, this man's a fool. But growing up and, and understanding and, and enjoy, enjoying life and understanding how things work, then I think the best thing anybody can ever be is out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Healthy and out of trouble. Doesn't get much better than that. Nothing else really matters. If you live in a cardboard box and you haven't got 20 quid in your pocket, if you're happy doing that, then you're a wealthy man. You're a very happy person. I'm happy. Big time boxing's one thing, but you know, all, all careers come to an end. I've got three more fights left on this ESPN contract. So we'll see, see how I go with them, and then we'll see where we go from there. You know, I'm 31, coming to the end of my career. I'm not 22 anymore. I've not got nothing to prove. You know, I've got a few fights left, and you know, hopefully we, uh, we be successful in these fights and, and continue to, to keep moving forward and spreading positivity, and, and that's it, really. I can't really do much more in my life. I'm really happy with the way things are going. I'm really happy with where I am as a man and as a husband and as a brother. I think I've come a long way. Someone sent me a video um, only a short time ago, like two years ago. I was very fat and overweight and I, you couldn't really understand me because my voice was a bit like this. So I've come a long way since then and I'm, I'm really happy. 
You know, whatever happens in the Wilder fight, I'm happy. Very happy. I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve in my life and more. I've made plenty of money in my career, you know. Um, I'm, I don't live an extravagant life, so I've never got to worry about going skint or that sort of stuff. Made good investments. And that's it, really. It's good to see you in this space. It really is. It's good, it's good to see you speaking like this and, and carrying this, this persona from where you were two, three years ago. I mean, it's yeah. great. Regarding, yeah. regarding the rematch, talk to me about the changes, obviously, that you've made with trainers and various things like that. And obviously, we've seen you last week in LA, or early on this week in LA, talking that you, you want to stand and bang, you want to dig your toes into the canvas and you want to, uh, you, you want to knock him out. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's a new thing. Um, I like new challenges. It gives me something to get my teeth into, gives me focus, gives me drive. And when, I, when I'm not that used to doing something, it gives me ambition to get better at it and get better at it. So yeah, we're working on in the gym, on, on putting lots of punches together and coming forward more and landing bigger shots and whatever. And that's it. Yeah. I, uh, I brought Sugar Hill in to, to work on my right hand because I seem, I seem to be moving a lot and throwing a lot of jabs and feints and not throwing enough right hands. So yeah, brought someone in who specialises basically on that, on that right hand. Um, yeah, so we're open to throw it in the fight plenty of times. Hopefully it'll stay injury free and I can land it on Wilder. A lot, of, a lot of fans watching this, they know you can outbox him. You outboxed him the first time for a lot of people's opinion. Mm. So why not do the same thing again? Why though? Why do the same thing? Did it work last time? For a lot of fans, yeah. Yeah, but fans, for what people think, that's one thing. What I think is one thing. Yeah. But the official decision is what counts, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. So I think losing or drawing is the same thing. I class that as a loss. Deontay Wilder should do too. So I'm not one of those people who's happy to lose on points or part of a good fight, you know? I lost in a great fight. I don't do that. I'm here to win or nothing. And people say it a lot, but they don't mean it. I'd rather get carried out of that ring on a stretcher, losing, trying to win, than settle to lose on points. And that's what separates me from, from the rest. That's what makes me a different breed, a different animal. People talk a good game. They think what they do when they've got a massive cut on the face. I'd keep fighting. Never experienced it. They think what they might do when they're on the floor, spark out on the floor, game back up, and fight on. Never experienced it, so they don't know. My heart says win or nothing. I don't do second place. So if I get carried out of that ring, Fair play, because I'll know I've done my best to knock him out. Do you think, just to finish, in the period of time that you want to fight for the rest of your career, do you think we'll see an undisputed heavyweight champion? Undisputed heavyweight champion means all. Doesn't mean nothing. There's a lot of talk of it, because a lot of promoters talk about it, but what does it really mean, undisputed heavyweight champion? What does it mean? I don't know what it means. What does it mean? Do you well, know what it means? Well, it's supposed to mean the, the main man, isn't it? It's, that's what it's supposed to mean. I'm already the main man. So, you know, there's always going to be ifs, buts or maybes. There's never going to be the main man, ever. There'll never be concrete, he's the main man. Because there'll always be someone else's opinion saying, no, this, that and the other. Undisputed champion, what does that really mean? Not a lot, to be fair, these days. When, when I beat Klitschko, 
he was considered the, ma the main man. The main man. Yeah. Was he or was he not? Yeah, absolutely. There was no, there was no if, buts or maybes, was there? So when I beat that man, what did I become? The main man. Say no more. So to do it again, it's already been done. I already did that. And I'm the only active heavyweight today that can actually say they have been the main man in the division by beating the top guy. The rest of them ain't. See, when you understand boxing like me, it's, it takes it to a whole other level. Wilder beat a, a fresh champion, the main Stavern, who it was making his first defence of the belt. Not really that good. Joshua beat Charles Martin, a guy who won a title on a default. Probably never even should have been a world champion. A guy that was a world champion because the IBF stripped me with having four days of the belt and give it to somebody else. So that's how he became a world champion. I became a world champion by beating a guy who had 26 title defences and unbeaten in 11 years in his own country, his own backyard. So that means I be I'm the man to beat. And none of these guys of my era can ever be considered, or even looked at as the man until they beat Amois. And that ain't easy to do, as I proved in the past. Not an easy task. So yeah, as far as I see it and as far as it goes, I'm the man in the division to beat. No matter what belts they hold, no matter how many wins they've had, they'll never be considered the best of this era until they beat the Gypsy King or not. Tyson Fury talking to me last week in Las Vegas. Sounding good, isn't it? Sounding relaxed, sounding calm, sounding focused. Looking forward to seeing him going at it again with the bronze bomber. Uh, now, one boy that wanted to uh, come on the show, he contacted me personally for this because he heard Josh Warrington calling him out. That's right. The WBO for the weight champion of the world is Shakur Stevenson. He contacted us via the old DM, so we phoned him up and got him on to respond. Shakur, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Just uh, getting ready to train, that's all. Well, I was just going to say, man, you've got a fight coming up March 14th. Uh, Mig uh, Miguel Mariaga, obviously, that's taking place in New York. We're all excited to obviously see you back out there defending your crown. Um, talk to me about the opponent, man. Talk to me about um, the the fire that you're going to be bringing in this first defense. I think that uh, it's going to be an amazing um, fight. Uh, the, I think that Miguel Mariaga is really good. I feel that um, I had two opponents that they offered me, and uh, he was a stronger and better opponent. So I took I went with uh, Mariaga, and it's been a long time coming because. Uh, we definitely tried to get this fight a long time ago, and uh, it, it didn't happen, so. Well, I want to throw something regarding another opponent your way, all right? Because the reason why you're here is because I thought it was only fair. A couple of weeks ago, we had Josh Warrington on the show. He came on, and he was talking about his own career, and your name came up, and he mentioned you a couple of times. Um, and you're the WBO champion, so because he mentioned you, I thought it was only fair that we get you on the show for a right to reply. So just bear with me. I'm going to play something to you. This is what Josh Warrington said a couple of weeks ago whilst he was on the show with myself. Check this out. We come away from the, the touch fight, and then, you know, she care boxed around the same time, yeah. and he's blocking up posters on, on social media saying, you know, Warrington, Stevenson, let's get it on. Let's you know, I come over to the UK. I whack this chump. It's easy work and blah, blah, blah. And then it seems that there's a bit of a stumbling block and he's not happy with uh, what Frank's offering him. He's not happy with this, he's not happy with that. And uh, I'm not one of the 
you know, calls me upon himself over social media. But I took to uh, social media a few weeks back, took to Twitter, just, you know, I just said to him, let's, let's get it sorted. And then he's, again, he's, got, he's gone a little bit quiet and he's like, put your purse on it, boy, or some stuff like that. And then, um, and then all of a sudden he's, he's talking about going out in, in, in March, which I actually find ridiculous because if we're going to have a big unification fight over here at Ellen Road, a big stadium, then, you know, that time normally he's put into promoting the fight, yeah. you know, getting it sold and this and other. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's maybe a bit of a decoy. You know, because then he fights in March and then if it comes out after that, oh, I've got an injury, or oh, I can't fight in quick succession after that. So, so you don't think he yeah, really I'm, wants it? You don't think he no, fancies I think it? I think he's backtracking. I think he's backtracking, you know. I think there's a lot of people around him who were blowing smoke up his backside. Telling him, he's a good fighter. I'm not taking that away from him. Yeah. You know, he's a talented fighter. But uh, like the, the the thing of being offered the fight and it's, it's there to take it, maybe maybe feels like he might need a few more under his belt. Have you had discussions with your team and his team? How has it all played out? And talk to me. Do you really want it? Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of that stuff that he's saying, uh, I think he was tripping. Um, he said I, I'm calling him out only like on social media. I've been calling uh, Josh Warrenson out uh, publicly, interviews and everything since I was like eight and oh, nine and oh. So uh, as soon as he beat uh, Lee Selby, because I, I was calling Lee Selby name first. Like, Lee Selby was the one that I was calling. I was calling out. I was saying I want to fight Lee Selby. Mm. And Lee Selby uh, lost the belt to um, Josh Warrington. And then once I seen he lost the belt to Josh Warrington, I wanted to fight Josh Warrington. Either way, I knew that uh, fight, basically, if it was Lee Selby or Warrington, I was, I was willing to go to the U.K. And uh, that was already, like, on the agenda. I don't think that... Like a lot of that stuff he's saying is like true. Like he's saying, uh, I'm backtracking, and uh, if anybody know me, like I don't duck anybody. Like I don't, I don't duck nothing. Uh, the only thing that happened, like in the beginning of the uh, negotiations, was they tried to lowball me for uh, less money, and I wasn't gonna get uh, enough money for me to go over with my with my belt and unify in his hometown. And mm. at the end of the day, it's also a business. So, um. So I guess around June or May, the, the money is going to come up and uh, the fight is going to be made. Like, ain't no ain't no getting out of this. Like, I'm I'm into this. This this is what I love to do. Like, I love fighting. And I'm fiending to fight Josh Warrington. Like, Josh Warrington is somebody I'm fiending to fight because uh, I don't I don't think he's, like, easy work. I don't think that he's a e- easy fighter to beat and all that. Like, what he was saying, like, I never, I never came up with that in my head. I actually think that... Uh, I've been saying is I feel like Josh Warrington is somebody you look at and you would think he's easy work, but uh, he's actually a really good fighter. Like, like he is a delusion. Like, uh, like you look at certain fighters and you think like, okay, they're not yeah. good. And you actually get in the ring with them, them fighters, just like when he fought Carl Frampton. I know Carl Frampton was going into the fight thinking like Warrington is really not that good, but when he got in there, he also realized that Warrington is a really great fighter. So, um, with that being said, I know that he's a great fighter, and I know that I'm a great fighter, and I think that uh, when we unify, I'm gonna come out on I'm gonna come out on top. So I don't, I hear all that stuff he's saying, but ain't no ain't no ducking, ain't no dodging, none of that. Like if anything, he the one who told me to go get a belt, and I got a belt, and I still wouldn't call his name right after I got a belt. He said uh, I can't fight him unless I get a belt, which I was like number three in the IB, number three or number two in the IBF. Mm-hmm. And I was on on that radar. I could have 
quote for his belt, but basically he put up uh, uh, interviews basically saying, like, go get a belt first and then we'll talk. And I just went and grabbed the belt, so now it's like, the fight got to happen. There's, there's some stellar names in your featherweight division, my friend, but as I look around as a fan, I look at your name as an Olympic silver medalist and I look at his name with everything that he's achieved over the last 18 months. You've mentioned Selby, Frampton and a couple of other fights as well. That for me, and, and this is no disrespect to Gary Russell Jr. because I think he's a top fighter. He just doesn't fight frequently enough for me. I'm looking at your name and I'm looking at his name. That is the biggest fight in the featherweight division. No question about it. And I would absolutely love to see that as a, as a UK resident. I'd love to see it here in the UK. And it's great to hear you saying, listen, man, I'll come to the UK. I'll do it in the stadium. That's all good. Do you think that we will get that this year, Shakur? Yes. I think that job for sure going to get that fight on. Um... Long as I get paid rightfully how I'm supposed to get paid, and um, uh, I'm ready to become a unified champion of the world. So I think y'all definitely gonna get that, and I can't wait. It, 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 from a fan's point of view, and it must be frustrating from your point of view as a fighter as well, with all your dreams and ambitions of all the things that you want to achieve in the game, that politics, money, business and various things like that just get in the way of making the super fights because obviously speaking to Josh a couple of weeks ago, he wants to fight you. Speaking to you right now, you want to fight him. But like you said, right at the start of this conversation, it's a business as well. You're not doing this for free. Your talents deserve to be recompensed well, obviously, and you need to be paid well um, for you showcasing those talents. I just hope that the guys that are in charge of that, the TV channels and the promoters, can come to some agreement and get this fight on because the, the fans are chomping at the bit. I'm looking at my social media feed every day and everybody's going, Warrington Stevenson's the fight. That's what we want to see. Yeah, that's, that, it's definitely frustrating because um, I honestly was really, really frustrated as uh, I found out, like, what they offered me. And I thought it was, like, a no-brainer, uh, basically, to give me more money. So um, I was frustrated. I was mad. Um, I kind of got uh, over it now, and I know that the fight is definitely still going to happen. So um, it's definitely a business, and I hate that part about it. But uh fight still going to get made, so I ain't, I ain't really tripping too much on it no more. I As wanted a, to unify after my uh after as soon as I won the uh world title. That was really my goal. Like that was my main goal. I kept telling everybody mm. I want to win the world title. They unify my next fight, but um one defense and then unify uh that's not too bad. You've um you've made New York your home of, of recent times, my friend. But talk to me about um being able to watch fights on the TV or being over in the UK and seeing the fans coming out in these big stadium fights again as a fighter, that must excite you, man, to be able to fight in a big stadium like that. Yeah, I definitely love it. I feel like, um, no disrespect to our fans over here in America, but I feel like UK got some of the best boxing fans. And uh, for them to put as many people in the stadium, and I know that if me and Warrington fight, uh, a lot of a lot of people going to come out uh, to, to support him. And some, some uh, support me also, but... A lot of people come out to support him. I know that. Uh, I just think that that would be a huge, huge fight. And uh, all the fans don't get what they deserve um, when that happens. So uh, I, I enjoy watching. Uh, I enjoy all my U.K. fans. And I enjoy watching U.K. fights and, and some of the biggest fights uh, that happen in boxing. So, Mate, we can't wait for it. Fingers crossed. In the not-too-distant future, we're going to see you over here in the UK. Or even, listen, like you just said there, Josh has got a good fan base. If you can't come to an agreement where it's happening here in, uh, in Ellen Road in Leeds or, or somewhere in the UK in a stadium, then I'm sure 
you know, those fans will travel to Madison Square Garden where you've been fighting or somewhere in Vegas. Because it's big unifications like that deserve the biggest of stages, whether it's a stadium in the UK or whether it's an iconic venue over in America. The, the fight just has to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist, though. I'm going to tell it like it is. I feel like um, it'll, it'll, it'll be big in Madison Square Garden, but um, I think the fight will be a lot bigger in the UK, um, and it'll mean a lot more to me to go inside of his backyard and, and take his belt from him without him being able to do anything about it. That'll make me feel real good about myself. So uh, I think that a fight will be big in the MSG, but I think that'll be a lot bigger and it'll mean a lot more uh, in England. So, oh man, sounds good to me. Um, now, the week before you became world champion, obviously um, your friend Devin Haney, he became uh, world champion uh, as well, picking up his belt. Were you... Be honest with me now, Shakur, because it was it was a battle between both of you to become the youngest world champion on the planet at this moment in time. Were you were you slightly disappointed that he managed to get that belt slightly before you, just a week before you? Yeah, I, I got a lot of respect for Devin, but I'm be real. Uh, I definitely was disappointed being that. Um, I especially I ain't really never hear nobody like like get like they basically go from that title to basically world champion he was upgraded let's be honest man you went and won it he was upgraded and we told him this he's all right we had we had a bit of fun with him but yeah you must have been disappointed yeah i definitely i was real disappointed because uh, i wanted to be the youngest world champion in boxing and uh, i definitely i was planning on posting a picture on instagram and putting like <laughs> youngest world champion in boxing but then i got to see his picture put up <laughs> Youngest world champion in boxing. I'm like, man, that's crazy. You stole my picture. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is now, I think he's in recess, isn't he? So he's he's uh, his belt has become vacant, and Luke Campbell uh, from over here against Fortuna. They're going to be fighting for that. So technically, right now, Shakur, you're still the youngest. You're the, you're, you're the you can put that picture up. Get it up on your Instagram. No, no, no. I'm not no more because uh, T, I think Tiafimo. Oh, Tiafimo. did it. Yeah, of course he did. He's slightly younger than you guys. Yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. <laughs> so you never got the opportunity to stick the picture up man that's that's sick yeah i know it, it was kind of hurtful <laughs> listen you were on the undercard for uh, crawford khan um in april of last year and we were lucky enough to see you do your thing your uh your smile lit up the room my man i'd say something you're too pretty to be a boxer you never get hit you know but i suppose that's the whole uh, aim of the game yeah <laughs> yeah i appreciate that i appreciate you a lot for saying that man Listen, top man, enjoy camp. We look forward to seeing you do your thing. And fingers crossed, in the next three to four months, we'll see you in the UK fighting Josh Warrington. Yes, sir. I see you, Alan June. You will have seen this week that Scott Quigg is back in the country and he's ready to take on John O'Carroll. It's going to be a hell of a fight, that, in Manchester on March the 7th. Scott joined us on the show to talk about his step up to £130. He went over to California, knocking about in LA with all the uh, all the airlisters, wearing his sunglasses indoors, getting a new tan, and all that type of carry on. But he's back, and it's a pleasure to have him back on. Isn't that right, Scott? It is. I'm I'm back, and I'm glad to be back. How are you doing anyway? No, you're not glad to be back. Listen, it's absolutely lashing it down here in the UK, mate. Over in Los Angeles, there's a lovely bit of sunshine out there. I'm sure you're missing uh, I mean... knocking about down the beach, aren't you? I mean, yeah, I say glad to be back, but I, I ain't glad to be back in this weather. I'm missing the weather already, but um, it's a good move for my career, and that's why I'm back. 
Well, well, talk to me about it, mate. What um, what was the moment where you thought to yourself, right, okay, I've had me fill here. I've been doing my thing at the wild card. I've been running up and down this beach enjoying myself. When did you think that you wanted to come back uh, to the rain no. and, the co- and the cold runs? It was more of the, obviously, being out there. Uh, I, I, I loved it. You know, obviously, training with Freddie, we could become... We'd be, I knew Freddie since 2009 and built a friendship over many years. And like I, I loved being out there training with him. And to be honest with what the the main thing that I why I needed to um, come back was obviously I was having uh, visa some visas uh, things that needed to be sorted, so I had to come out of the country. And then when I did come out of the country, um, and then Eddie offered me this fight uh, for my seventh, but because I'd been mm. in the country that long. I, I would have had to stay in the country for a bit. Um, I couldn't get back to America within... Um, it probably would have took about two, two or three weeks to sort my visa out, so then yeah. it was a lot of time. And then, because I've been at the ring for that long, you know, I, I wanted to fight. Um, so I decided to think, right, now do you want, I'm going to set up over here. Um, and made the phone call to Joe. And to my delight, he was... Um, he was happy to take me back on, and um, they were working towards March the seventh. Were you a bit apprehensive of uh, of, uh, of calling Joe, or was it uh, always uh, going to be him in your mind? No, he, he was one of them. Uh, I always like people. We split uh, on amicable terms, but like yeah. I went and seen him before, shook hands. So everything was to do when I. Um, when I first left him, the door was always open because of the way we left it, you know, what yeah. we uh, achieved together. So it was done the right way. Um, so, no, it wasn't... Uh, it, it was more... If it was big, and obviously I've only got... Um, you know, from obviously the fighters that he's got, it's a busy gym. So if he, if he didn't have the time, then there'd be no hard feelings or anything like that. Um, so I like said, that was my first point of call. Um, made the phone call and like I say was, we we met up had a chat did a session and just carried on from where we left off perfect so what's what was that conversation like what was the ambitions because I know what he's like he will he'll be he'll have his eyes on certain prizes I know what you're like you're a very driven young man so what what are the what are the prizes that you've got your eyes on the, I still want to become a champion you know, I believe I can become a world champion at this weight, and mm-hmm. that, that's a good. I'm not just um, not just staying in boxing just because I've got nothing else to do. I've got plenty of things to do. I don't need to box, mm-hmm. but I love it. And, I, and I, I know I'm 31 now, but I'm still doing things and I'm still living the right life, and I've still got plenty plenty left in the tank. And I think Joe was obviously thinking. What because he's not the question he asked me why you come obviously you've had the the year of the injuries what, what, yeah. have you not thought about calling it on the air then like what what's still your ambition to see if I was just boxing just for boxing or you know weren't taking it as serious as I normally did so obviously he's seen me we I've done a couple of sessions um, we've done some work together and he obviously sees I'm still the same Scott Quick you know yeah. I'm still First in the gym last day, dedicated. This, this is all the solid. 
is in my life and and it's still not changed. Um, I'm becoming obviously getting a bit older. That your body can't do the same things as in. You got to be smart with your training. And yeah. To be honest with you, it's it's having more of a positive effect. Like I said, I'm being back in the gym with him now, and everything's we're off to a flying start. Hmm. As I look at Super Feather, then now, yeah, that di- division, and this is no disrespect to the guys that are there, right? But you look yeah. at that division now, and your ambitions of becoming a world champion. You look at Tevin Farmer. Listen, he's a, he's a slick boxer, but he's you know, he's he, he's not undefeatable as it's been proven. I think he's lost no, four fights. I'm going to say, you know? I'm going to say he's four or five fights he's lost. Yeah, you look um, at Jamel Herring. I know that there's chat uh, of maybe him teaming up with your old four, Carl Frampton. He's been yep. beaten on a couple of occasions previously. There's no undefeated fighters in there. Even Leo Santa Cruz is in there. He's been beaten before. I know it was called that yep. beat him, but he's been beaten there. He's probably the best of the lot, Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. So all, uh, all it is is momentum, the other, isn't no, it? The only other danger man in that is, I think he's called Miguel Burchell. Burchell. Yeah, Burchell's been beaten Burchell. before, though, as well. But he is a knockout yeah. artist, isn't he? I mean, he, he does um, whack a bit. But like that, and then the other, the, the Valdez has just moved up. So even the ones that have just moved up to a lot of it are in the 130 fight division that used to be featherweights. So there's yeah. no really big, you know, it, 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 I believe it's just an open division. Yeah. I was, do you know something? You were always a super feather fighting up, super bantam. You were massive yeah. at that weight. You no, know what no, I mean? No, so, yeah. so, so would you say that this is more your, where you should have been, this is more your natural weight category at 130? Yeah, we've had it. I think now it is anyway. Definitely now. Um, I enjoy my training a lot more. Don't I? I'm not stressing about making, yeah. like I wasn't making 122. Yeah. How old used to make 122 is because I was so disciplined and, Dedicated and, and I, I couldn't um, deviate from any sort of the nutrition or anything. It was on uh, to be on point uh, yeah. to make one twenty two, uh, one twenty six again. That was I've, I've grown that that I could make that, but then it, again it was I thought I'm not going back to when I used to have to make the one twenty two them days. Yeah. Um, so I just thought now nah, I want to enjoy my boxing and. Move up to 130, and like I said, I'm a lot, I'm a lot happier. So, which is which is the main thing, obviously. Of course, boxing now, and I, I want to enjoy this boxing. So, I want to enjoy enjoy training, and moving up, not stressing about weight and everything like that. I can just focus on what I need to do, and like I said, I'm I'm big enough, and I'm strong enough, and I'm mm. and I'm good enough to mix it with the big boys at 130. Talk to me about John O'Carroll because, from a fan's point of view, this is a this is a banger, mate. This is a brilliant, brilliant fight. Two styles absolutely gelling together. You might as well just stick you two in a phone box and just have it. It's gonna be a cracker. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I respect him as a as a boxer. As he might like, dedicated, he trains hard, um, disciplined. I believe, um, but I think these well, these levels to boxing and and. I've boxed at the high level and then I don't see any um, department where he can he can beat me. Um, like mm. I said, I'm not expecting a, an easy fight. I'm expecting you know an exciting fight to be honest where he's going to come and have a fight, but I'm going to put him in his place. What did you make of his fight with Farmer? Uh, do you know what? I've, I've, I've not actually watched it. 
I'm not actually watched that. I, I believe uh, he did he did all right. Him, but when I say did all right, he was just busy from putting, but he didn't really make a dent in the farmer. Um, but like yeah, I said, I'll obviously watch that more in depth now and, and see certain things. But like I said, I know what he's what he's gonna do. He, he, he tries being a bit uh, slick at times. Tries mm. tries boxing as soon as he gets it. That's it. The balls come down. And he just wants to um, have a fight. So I, I prepare for whatever he's going to bring but the main thing is I'll, I'll just make sure that I'm the best version of me and the best version of me beats the best version of him Now one of the most exciting fights that is out there at this moment involving a British fighter apart from the heavyweights and Wilder and Fury is of course Cal Yafai's world title defence against Chocolatito Oh my days I hope this doesn't go under the radar Cal Yafai the WBA super flyweight champion Join us on the show to preview it. If you're a boxing fan, I'm sure it's not passed you by. If you're a casual boxing fan, listen, pay attention to this right now. Cal Yafai, our WBA super flyweight champion, is taking on one of the biggest names in this division. I know that Chocolatito no, no longer holds a world title, but don't let that judge you by this man because he is... Uh, well, he was at one point a couple of years ago, one of the pound-for-pound pound best on the planet. Cal's joining us on the show right now. Cal, great to have you on. How are you, mate? You good? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I like the way that you're so calm and so chilled and so in the zone at this moment in time. You, as a as a guy growing up, obviously going through all the amateur ranks, becoming a world champion, you must have been, at some point in your career, a fan of Roman Gonzalez because this is a guy that dominated super flyweight for such a long time. Oh yeah, definitely. It was I idolised him as a as when I first started pro. Started coming through. Um, I used to watch every single one of his fights. Um, I used to think this guy is unreal. He's, he's practically unbeatable. He's. Um, I even went to one of his fights in Los Angeles mm. at the Forum and watched him uh, dispose of Edgar Sosa in two rounds. And I thought, and it's only when you see him in the flesh, yeah. you realise actually how special he is. When he ran into uh, Rung Visay, obviously that's the moment where he, he, he suffered his first uh, professional losses. But even at the time, I mean, everybody knew that Rung Visay had the potential of maybe beating him. But to actually see Chocolatito get beat, it was a surprise for for, for the world boxing media. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was it was a crazy crazy upset. Um, but the first fight, I thought I thought uh, Chocolatito actually won. Yeah, it uh, was close, man. It was close, but then Rung Visay just he just took it all took it out of the judges' hands. In the second fight, and uh, and and knocked him out in four rounds. Talk to me about your division, right? Because we're talking about two guys there, who, in my opinion, at, at one point in their career, were in the pound for pound best rankings. No question about that. But neither of them are holding titles at super flyweight at this moment in time. You've got Estrada that's come through as well, and obviously yourself, mate. This division is lit. Yeah, this division is uh, is on another level. It's it's like. Like you say, this, this division goes under the radar a lot um, because we're the smaller guys. But you've got Estrada, who who I agreed to fight twice, and uh, he, he had to pull out with hand injuries. Yeah. You've got Joe Wynn the, the IBF champion. You've got uh, Ioka, who's a Japanese fighter. Yeah. He's, a, he's a WBO champion. He's a four-weight world champion himself. Um, and you've got loads of other fighters you know, that are coming through. And Donnie Nieta, who's a, who's a four-weight world champion from the Philippines, without yeah. a doubt. So it's just it's a stacked division. Mm. 
for regarding yourself now, because a lot of people in the UK, they would class yourself as uh, the main man. I know that obviously Estrada holds the ring magazine belt, doesn't he? The WBC champion. Yeah. Um, and we would love you and him to go at it to unify this division at some point. And fingers crossed we get to see that fight. But would you say that this now against Roman Gonzalez, against Chocolatito, this is the, this is the fight now for you that even, I know you're a world champion, but this could be the breakout moment. This could be the moment where people go, whoa, Cal, you fire's the man. Yeah, this is this is the one. Um, he's, he's even though he he doesn't hold a title, he's still the biggest name in the division. Yeah. Um, like you say, he's a, he's a former pound for pound king and a four way world champion. And getting get, getting the win over him will certainly put me up there. Not only not not only with the boxing fans around the world, but casual fans as well. Yeah. What's um What's your plans going forward? Is it Is it America now? Because obviously this one's taking uh, place on the uh, Mikey Garcia Jesse Vargas undercard. Is this it now? You, you're not leaving us, are you, mate? Um, I hope not. I hope to be back soon because you know I've been a bit of a road warrior the last couple of years. I've yeah, you have. Fought in the UK since since October 2017. Mm. So, um, I'm I'm hoping to come back at some point. But um, I, I think you know get the win against Chocolatito. I do think I'll fight again stateside, hopefully against Estrada, and then hopefully we can look at coming back to the UK and uh, have a nice homecoming. For those that don't know too much about Roman Gonzalez, talk to us about his strengths. What does he bring to the ring uh, when you face him later on in February? Um, he's, he's all action. He comes forward non-stop, throws punches in bunches. Um, he mixes his punches up brilliantly, has head and body. And um, yeah, he's just... What, 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 you, what you're going to get is guaranteed entertainment when he fights. He doesn't mm. take the backward step. And, um, and I'm, sure, I'm sure our fight will bode well for, for a brilliant night of entertainment. Do do you look at the Rungvisai fight? Obviously, where he came uh, unstuck on two separate occasions. There, as you just said, you thought he won the first fight. But do you, do you look at those fights and see something, maybe a chink in his armor, of which you can take advantage of? Um, I don't really look. I haven't really looked at that fight that much because he's boxing this out for um, a destructive puncher. Yeah, and I just think he just on that. He, he just wasn't right. Anyway, when I watch the ring walk, when he's walking to the ring in the rematch. He didn't look right. He looked. He looked like he didn't want to be there, and um, and he showed with that with that loss. But you know, I can't take too much from that. He's he's, he's been beat by one man in fifty fights, um, and so you know, I can't really take much from that. Re- regarding obviously, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm sure the. Uh... The, the emotions are running high, obviously, getting the opportunity now to fight one of the best uh, in, in the super flyweight division. But talk to me about the frustrations over the last 12 months, because as, you, as you've just said there, you were booked, it were on for uh, the Estrada fights. Fans were excited about getting those fights and he had to pull out through uh, through injuries and what have you. Have you found it a frustrating time over the last 12 months? Yeah, it's very frustrating um, because I've, I, I haven't boxed since last June mm. um, and I had to defend against the mandatory in Rhode Island and and after that, you know, I, I agreed and I, and I signed to fight Estrada in uh, mid-December. And then he pulled out with a hand injury and that got put, put back to um, to the Miami show next week. Yeah. Um, and then he pulled out again with a hand injury. So it kind of left me in, in limbo a little bit. But um, lucky enough, Ed, Eddie, uh, Eddie had come out, pulled it out of the bag and uh, got, me, got me a big fight. Because that's all, that's all I really wanted. It was just a massive fight. It's a wonderful opportunity as well. I mean, we were talking about breakout moments, fighting a, 
a fighter like Roman Gonzalez, but it's also an opportunity as well because you know full well there'll be a massive Mexican crowd watching this with Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas uh, being on this card. There's a lot of people are anticipating good things from Mikey Garcia as he as he steps forward in this uh, welterweight division. So it's an opportunity for you to maybe steal the show. Yeah, yeah, of course, and that's what that's what I look look to do, hundred percent. Um, get the get the get the Mexican Mexican fans to notice who I am, and um, and then that you know it'll it'll take it it'll look it'll look good when I'm going into the Estrada fight. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now, before you hear from our final boxing guest, Josh Taylor, I think it's only fair that we take you back to Las Vegas last week. The reason why we were there was for UFC 246 and the return of Conor McGregor. Nick Pete, join me on the show to do a little review. There is no bigger star in the world of fight sports than Conor McGregor, and we witnessed it firsthand last week. He's been kind of out of the octagon for three years. We haven't seen him for 14 months off the back of the Habib loss. He's been messing about, doing his thing with Mayweather and obviously getting himself into all sorts of trouble outside the octagon. But he strolled into Las Vegas last week like nothing had ever happened. He, he held the media in the palm of his hand, Hold all of our attention. I'm sure you've seen all the interviews and you've started to fall back in love with him, but it was all about Saturday night. And he turned up and turned it on. Am I drinking Kool-Aid? <laughs> or, or are we back in? You've got to be back in because it wasn't just the performance. It wasn't just the 40 seconds against Cowboy Cerrone. That stood out. It was the entire fight week. You know, when, uh, when Conor McGregor's motivated, when Conor McGregor's got his mind on it, when he's professional, when he's mature... When he's talking about his career as a sporting season and he's coming at it with a real incentive to add to his legacy in the in a positive way, then you've got to be excited because this kid trans—he moved through this sport quicker than anybody in history. You know, it was within the, sp- within the space of four years he went from making his UFC debut, earning zero money, being on the Dolan Island, signing for the UFC. You know, and just absolutely going through the sport like an absolute firework, and then. Four or five years later, he's the only, he's the first ever simultaneous two-weight world champion. He's earning the kind of money that 
even the biggest stars UFC's ever seen in history had all their money together, all their career earnings, and it, it, it was touching the surface of what Conor McGregor was earning per fight. He completely tra- transitioned from being a mixed martial artist to be a global sport and superstar on the Forbes list, everything else. Don't look past that. Don't look past what this featherweight slash lightweight did. It's not even like he's a heavyweight. He is absolutely phenomenal once-in-a-lifetime athlete due to his competitive spirit, his ability inside the octagon, but more than anything, his ability to sell a fight. He understands fight sports like no other athlete I can think of, probably since Prince Nazim. He knows it's all about the show, but there's no good doing the show if you can't do the business. And boy, can he do the business. And that's what we got last week. It was vintage Conor McGregor back to his best, doing what he's put on this planet to do. And if he can continue in that vein through 2020, by the end of the year, he could be world champion again. He could have more belts around his waist. And he's back in the conversation, the genuine conversation, as one of the greatest of all time in the sport. Mm. I think there'll be a lot of people listening to us, obviously, waxing lyrical about Conor. And maybe they've watched it on TV and they never uh, attended a Conor McGregor fight week. Maybe maybe you have to do that to fully appreciate what this guy's all about. Now, that's not me patronising you if you're listening to this. You, you will have no doubt. You've been to many boxing events. You've seen many fighters. You might have been on the Ricky Hatton bandwagon. You might have been on the Floyd Mayweather bandwagon or whatever it may be. In all my time covering sports, don't get me wrong, the, the Ricky Hatton vibe was, was a special vibe, especially yeah. when we were going over to Vegas yeah. to watch him against Pacquiao and Mayweather. But in all my time covering fight sports... I ain't seen anything like this kid. No. And 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 with all due respect, the one that we've just experienced isn't full throttle. That was just a little taster. The fight week last week was great. Don't get me wrong, it was great. And the fans were most certainly there and the T-Mobile arena was bouncing. The weigh-in, absolutely bouncing like you probably expected for a Conor McGregor fight week. But it wasn't Chad Mendes fight week. It wasn't no. Jose Aldo fight week. It, we were, we're not there yet. No. But the momentum now has started. With him returning and doing what he did on Saturday night, there'll be a lot of people that have looked at that and gone, the King's back. He's ready to rock and roll. And the way that he carried himself, I think, is very, very important for his Irish fan base. And I've no doubt that if they do make the Nathan fight, as he keeps referring to in that press conference afterwards, part three with Nate Diaz, if they make that next... I think it's going to go up another notch from what we experienced last week. Yeah, I think what we got last week, as again, it was the mature Conor McGregor. It was a guy that, you know, it was a real sporting star that looked like he was coming back from 15 months of having his reputation dragged through the mud. And listen... A lot it, of it is on fault. Uh, I, uh, most of it is on fault, you yeah. know. Um, but he was come back and he's trying to re- rehabilitate his person, his character, um, at home in Ireland, but also on a global scale. And I think... He went a long way towards doing that last week because there was no dry ice, there was no pantomime around it, there was no, you know, trash talk, turning up late for press conferences, all the stuff that we've seen previously that, you know, we pretend we annoys us, but secretly as media we absolutely love it yeah. because it makes him a global star and it creates a narrative around him so much more than just a fight, which is why he has transcended the sport. Didn't get that last week. He got the ultimate professional last week. You got a guy that's fully focused on his career last week and absolutely turned up and done the business. He had to be that guy because even even in the media, <clears throat> a lot of us were in Vegas last week gone. If he'd have walked in and Billy walked in everywhere and turned up late and swaggered around and trash talk Cowboy Cerrone yeah. and all that stuff, the, the, that feeling of ill will, that feeling from the last 15 months ago, and yeah. you've dragged fight sports through the mud, 
with the actions you've done on the front pages, punching men in, punching old men in pubs, slapping mobile phones out of people's hands, and a million other rumours that are circling around him. He's dragged mixed martial arts and fight sports in general through the mud. And if he'd have turned up like that, I think a lot of a lot of media would have gone, I'm sick of this, mate. I'm sick of you thinking you're bigger than the sport. But it was incredible that he, he, he it's like he knew that. It's like he knew that he had to go back to being appreciative, professional Conor McGregor. And he, and he just nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. And I think in a lot of ways he caught us off guard. Yeah. You know, media day and the press conference and then the weigh-ins. You know, the, the first the first public one really was the press conference on the Wednesday. And the fans, you know, the place was packed. Everyone was bouncing. There was, everyone was really, oh, oh this is going to be tasty. And he... It was early. He turned off 15 minutes early. That's unheard of yeah. from Conor McGregor. And then him and Cowboy were absolutely, you know, appreciative of one another, praising one another. And it, it just caught everyone off guard and everyone was kind of stunned. And in the aftermath, we were like, did that just really happen? This is kind of weird. But that narrative played out through the week. And I like that narrative. It was like, I like this Conor McGregor. I like this mature Conor McGregor. Now, don't get me wrong. Should Nathan Diaz sign on a dotted line or one of three or four other guys that I'm sure we'll get on to later sign on a dotted line? The trash talk will be back. The animosity will be back. That, pace, that part of his personality will yeah. be back. And I want that back. Of course. I want that back. But last week, he absolutely played it to a t- If he was a, you know, he was like a conductor conducting the Royal Philharmonic last week, wasn't it's he? It's the Pied Piper, man. He absolutely nailed it. Never missed a note. And we all come out of there going, Wow. The king is back. That's it. Give me the Kool Aid. We're all <laughs> we're all on bookers in for the next one. He just he, he did. You, you've nailed it. He, he carried himself absolutely superbly. But again, we we were building up, making TV programs throughout the whole course of last week on this. It was all about Saturday night. It's all well and good sitting down with us and having conversations and being fantastic and engaging and funny and making us feel that way. And obviously through us, then fans back home watching our content, going, "Oh, Connor's changed. Is it real? Is it legit?" And all that type of stuff. It's all about fight night. Yeah. He's got to turn up and he's got to do the business on fight night. My word, did he turn up, eh? He was going for records straight from the off, straight out the gate. He was looking for that quickest ever knockout. He sadly missed with that big left hand. But then the way that he went about finishing it within 40 seconds, okay, people might look at it and go, well, he's only fought Cowboy. Well, hang on a minute. Let's not throw shade on Cowboy. Cowboy's got record after record after record. He's a seasoned professional. He is a legit mixed martial artist. Maybe he did get caught in the headlights. He's not the first to get caught in the headlights, though, on a, on a Conor McGregor fight night. Mm-hmm. Look at all the greats that he's fought down the years. There's only really, at this moment, Nate Diaz and Habib that you can look at and go, they never got caught in the headlights. Yeah, Everybody sure. else did. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And Even your, even Jose Aldo. It, he's kind of become a victim of his own performance because had he gone two or three rounds with Cowboy back and forth, they're both, they're both bloody, they're both this and that. Nobody... And Connor maybe got a stoppage late in the third round or late in the second round, whatever. But you, 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 you'd add your, you know, your, You've had your, your pound of beef. Yeah. Nobody would have gone. Oh, Connor's finished because you know Cowboy just took him three rounds. No. Nobody would have said that. No. Everyone would have gone. Wow, Connor dug deep there against Cowboy. Good performance. Fourteen months out. Got the win. Yeah. That was perfect. Like what a perfect way to start the season. You know, dust off the cobwebs. Got a few rounds under his belt. Cowboy's given a good old shot, and you know, Cowboy's turned up there, hands up, brilliant, fantastic. Nobody would have gone, Cowboy's washed up, man. I can't believe you did that. Uh, I can't believe you went three rounds at Cowboy. He's finished. But because Connor was so electric, because he pounced on Cowboy from the very beginning and just completely and utterly exposed him, caught him in the headlights, 
And listen, that's you can't blame Connor for that. No. Connor creates this world. It's whether the fight the opponent can live in it. Yeah. Ultimately, Cowboy did freeze. Ultimately, couldn't live in that world. The goldfish bowl, it was just too bright. The spotlight was too bright. And he looked like he wanted to get out of there. But that's only because Connor peppered him with shots. That's only because Connor came running out from the gate, threw a big left hand, followed up with a yeah. with a knee, rocked Cowboy a little bit. Then they had a bit of an exchange. Cowboy hit him with a high kick. Connor caught it and said, okay, here's a high kick of my own. And right then suddenly, the you know, shoulder, shoulder punches and everything else. And in the clinch, he was hitting him with his shoulder. And then, obviously, when Cowboy went down, Connor just pounced on him. That's a flawless performance as far as I'm concerned. Connor hardly even broke sweat. So regardless of, you know, my opinion on whether Cowboy froze or not, and I think we all, we all accept that he did, that's not Connor's fault. Connor looked fantastic. And all you can do is beat the man put in front of you. Mm. And the man put in front of him, for me, was the perfect opponent for a guy who hasn't won a fight in four calendar years. So there you have it. We're nearly done, but there's one more guest for you to enjoy. I know that you're anticipating this. I know you've been waiting for this because he's not done much media since he obviously became the unified uh, super lightweight champion of the world. And obviously, recently, he's decided to change management companies and, of course, change promoters. It is the one, the only, Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, how are you? You well? I'm good, Adam. How are you doing, mate? Listen, doing? always good, always good. We, we haven't spoken to you, obviously, since um, the Progress fight, my friend. And since then, at TalkSport, we obviously named you our, our Fighter of the Year and named that fight yeah. as uh, the Fight of the Year. A lot of, obviously, our listeners voted on that and they unanimously uh, voted that fight as Fight of the Year. As the dust has settled on it now, mate, have you had time to process how good a fight that would be? And probably when you finish your career, people will be saying, oof, I were there that night that Taylor beat Progress. Yeah, I have actually. You know, um, I've watched it back a couple of times now as well. You know, and uh, it just gets it's better every time I watch it. You know, and hearing the unified, the fighting pride of Scotland, the unified <laughs> world champion with Michael Buffer, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. It's what dreams are made of. You know, and and that is a massive dream in mine that I've had for years since I put on a pair of gloves. Really, um, dreamt about becoming world champion, and you know. Back then, when I was a young whippersnapper, 15-year-old, I would have never, ever thought I would achieve what I've achieved. So I'm absolutely over the moon. And, you know, I've, um, I've had time to come back down to earth and, and uh, let it all sink in. So I'm super proud of what I've done. And, uh, you know, I'm massive, massively, massively proud and honoured to, to what I've done, you know. So, yeah, um, I've loved I've loved it. You know, I've had just a roller coaster year Um Achievements this year has just been, but last year was just absolutely brilliant. So, um, here's looking to an even brighter 2020. You know, it's, uh, if it's anything like last year, it's going to be, it's going to be enormous. So, I'm looking forward to it. Well, there's a possibility of obviously going one step further and becoming undisputed champion. We'll get that in a minute. But as you started last year, I remember us having a conversation about this being it, the possibility was there. Obviously, being in the World Boxing Super Series, taking on Ivan Baranchik, you could have been champion there, and then obviously. Uh, then becoming unified champion later on. Did did everything the way that it played out last year exceed your expectations, or did you always think in the back of your mind that is how it's going to be? I'm at the end of the year, I'll have two belts and my hand will be raised. Yeah, I always thought I would do it. You know, I was I believed in myself a hundred percent. You know, I envisioned it and playing. You know, the sort of sort of drumming it in my own self conscious, writing yeah. it down on bits of paper every time I could get 
a bit or tell anybody. I was always saying, listen, I'm going to win this tournament. I'm going to be world champion. I'm going to, for years, I've told people I'm going to be world champion and wrote it on bits of paper for years, <laughs> drumming it in my own self-conscious, you know, and like subconscious, sort of subconsciously sort of drumming it into myself, making myself yeah. believe it for years and years and years. Um, so when the opportunity came around, I was like, you know, there's no way I'm I'm not getting this. I'm 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 winning it at all costs. Mm. Um, I always knew I was going to win it. Like I felt well, felt that I had the ability to win it. I knew that I could. Um, but the fashion in which I did um, the two fights were uh, were unbelievable. Like something out of Rocky. So I'm super proud to have been part of all action fights. You know, exciting fights. So. so and crowd fan friendly fights, you know. So it's, it's been brilliant, and it's great that I've been voted fighter of the year and fight of the year. It's it's, uh, it's amazing. So thanks to everyone that voted for me, and uh, we'll hopefully keep entertaining you. I'm sure you will, mate. Uh, the the progress fight. It seemed. I mean, he started extremely well in that particular fight. You would have had tactics going into it. Was it a case of because he's elite and you're elite? Is it a case of just basically? figuring it out as you're going along in the fight and you've kind of got to throw the book out the window? Yeah, a lot of it is. You know, um, I never never ever go into a fight with a, an actual uh, game plan, so to speak. Um, I never go in with a, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. I just go in and we work on... I usually just work on shots um, or combinations that I think will happen. You know, I watch patterns that he does during fights and think, you know, right, well, this mm. might work and that might work. And, uh, and you just go out and adjust it as the fight unfolds, you know, because you can plan for this and plan for that and plan sequences. Yeah. And then you go out and that first bell rings and, and it, it's completely different. So you have to chuck the plan out the window and, and just improvise, really. You know, you just got to, you just got to go with the flow and uh, adjust as the fight goes on. So, yeah, I'd say probably 60, 70% of it is, is sort of just doing it on the job and adjusting. Freestyling. You know? Freestyling. Yeah. Get in there and freestyle it. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we obviously, as fans, want the Ramirez fight now. That's what we want. We want we want to unify the division. We want to have one face in the super lightweight, have a super lightweight king. But have you got a mandatory situation to sort out first? Is Kong Song up next? Yeah, I think I've got... I think it's not been concrete yet, but um, I think the wheels are in motion for that one. I think I've got to... Uh, I've got to take care of my mandatory of IBF, yeah, and it's yeah. Kong Song. I've, I've known Kong Song from Thailand, so I've got to take care of him first. Um, so I won't be looking past him uh, mm. and looking for the Ramirez fight um, because, as you've seen so many times in the past, that's how your fighters make mistakes, you know, potential banana skins go off, I'll get past this guy, underestimate them, and uh, it goes wrong. You know, so um, I'll be fully focused on happening on Kong Song and uh, making sure I take care of business and get the job done, and then is, and then think about and then think about Ramirez. Is is the noise on the on the mandatory? Are we going to get that in the UK, mate, or do you think that the, you might have to obviously with your new deal? I'm hoping so. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm, I think uh, it's most likely going to be in Scotland, which is oh excellent, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. But um, don't don't mark no words on it. But um, I'm hoping for it to be in Scotland. Um, and likely it will be. So that 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 would be absolutely brilliant if it is. Now, obviously, since since we since we last spoke, uh, you got a new promoter, you got a new management company. Was it was the was the decision to go with top rank because Ramirez is there, and and maybe politics sometimes can get in the way of you maybe achieving dreams. Now you're a world champion, so moving to them, you would think being in the same stable as the other champion, it might make it a little bit easier to make that fight. Yeah, not not necessarily. It was just more the fact that you know the the, the biggest platform in boxing, I think, 
you know, they've got the biggest sports platform in America. I want to start getting my name, um, you know, worldwide yeah. now, you know. Um, everybody thinks, seems to, that over this this side of the water, everybody seems to think that Matrim's the one and only option you can do. Um, you know, th- there's talks of, of um, top rank coming over to the UK, so yeah. they might start doing stuff as well, you know. So, um, I want to start fighting in America, and I want to, I want all the big names, all the big fights, are mostly the top rank, you know, and all the big fights are in America. So, um, it was kind of a no-brainer for me because these are the fights that I want, and um, obviously we've been American uh, promoter, but you know, I've got hopefully got a little bit of clout to say some every every second fight or whatever it can be in the UK, you know. So I'm yeah. not necessarily going to be just fighting in America all the time. I'll still be back here and then going going to America as well. So I think I've got the best of both worlds, and uh, I think I've I've done the best deal for for me that I possibly could. And of course, Top Rank have got a, a fantastic TV deal with ESPN, which is the biggest sports broadcaster over in the states. I think they're yeah. in eighty million homes. It's crackers, man. Every time I go over to the states, it's ESPN everywhere. They do the UFC. Yeah. They're doing obviously everything that they're doing with Top Rank, and they've got yeah. a, a nice little stable uh, of fighters there. I mentioned Ramirez's name. Now I'm sure, obviously. Get through Kong Song. Fingers crossed this year we'll get a, a shot at becoming undisputed champion and taking on Ramirez. And then how long do you think you'll knock about at 144? Because there's a, there's a few carrots being dangled your way, I've no doubt, at 147. Yeah, well, just, uh, it just depends how, you know, see how see what goes, go with the flow and just uh, take it as it comes, you know, cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, I, might, I might do a couple of defences or I might vacate and move up and, and chase the big fights at 147, you know, and challenge myself and, hopefully become a two-weight world champion as well. So um, we just need to sort of cross that bridge when we come to it. So I'm pretty comfortable at 140 at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make the weight no problem. And, you know, I'm, I'm massive at the weight. So I've got a uh, huge at the weight. I'm strong at it. I'm fit at it. I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable at the minute. So um, we're just waiting to see how it goes. But, you know, once I think if I get the, all the belts... Um, I've not really got much else to prove in the weight, so then it's it's then maybe move up and and uh, you know go for one four seven. Now we'll carry on with the positive vibes in a minute, but obviously with making that choice going to top rank, uh, we saw off the back of the big announcement that Cyclone put out their statement. Uh, and yeah. what they said, and obviously we've seen um, Shane on social media make comments yeah. and various things like that. What's your, what's your take, mate? Where are you at at this moment in time? Well, I can't, I can't really say too much on it at the minute. You know, I put up a statement out on my social media platforms, um, but I will say this: you know, I, I, I terminated my contract um, firstly in the right way through the board and through um, the, all the correct ways to doing it, um, and then I went and looked for a new promoter and got a new promoter. So I've I've done that, and that's um, that's the way I've done it. You know, everyone's all above board, and I've done it all correctly. So. Um, that's all I'm willing to say on that, and that's all mm-hmm. I can really say on that at the minute. But you know, I like take this opportunity as well to also thank Shane and thank Barry for for the time and for for the results that they they got me, the opportunities that they gave me at the time. Um, they've done brilliant. You know, I can't I can't fault them for the fights that they got me, the matchmaking, and and Shane was a was a great coach. But it was just, just you know, it's just time for me to move on, and uh, that's what happened. So regarding coaching, we've seen you obviously. Um, doing a little bit this week with Ben whilst you've been out, obviously, uh, in the Middle East. I know that Billy Joe Saunders is out there doing little bits. What are you doing at the moment? Are you, are you, are you floating around many gyms, loads of different trainers, trying a lot of things out before you make a decision who you go with? 
Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a big decision to make. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a massive decision to make. Um, I've obviously got the big target on my back now with, with being a champion and having two belts. So the trainer that I choose now has got to be the right man for me. Um, and I've got to, I can't just jump into that decision. So I'm taking my time. Um, and uh, I'm sort of jumping about and doing a bit with a, a few coaches, yeah. How did it go with Ben? Enjoy yourself? Yeah, really good. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Dubai was good. You know, um, Ben and Billy Joe made me feel really welcome and at home. So, yeah, I had a, I had a really good week with the two of them and I enjoyed myself and also enjoyed the training. Got a bit of sun on my back as well, but uh, I never managed to get any sun time, which is a shame. I managed to, <laughs> I managed to come back paler than I did when I went. You know, come back pale Scottish blue. You know, so... Um, rather than a pint the same as Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sure the missus, if she were out there with you, mate, is fully tanned up. She enjoyed herself, got stuck stuck right in while she were in the gym grafting away. Yeah, I went over myself, so oh. she, she was quite jealous of me. I bet she's over. fuming. You should have got yeah. you gotta, you gotta yeah. spread the wealth. What's the matter with you, man? <laughs> yeah, she was, so I never I never got the chance to go in the sun anyway, so... She, she was she was quite happy about that. <laughs> now listen, it's Burns night this weekend, my friend. What's uh, what's the celebrations? Are we getting stuck in or what? I'll be getting stuck in for some haggis, meeps and tatties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I'll be I'll definitely have some uh, haggis, meeps and tatties. But that'll be about it. I'll fill my boots with that. And uh, um, I'm down in London at the minute training, so I'm, uh, I'll be have, I'll have a good feed and uh, and just chill out. You've got to get stuck in, mate. You're you're the Tartan Tornado. You're the pride of Scotland. You've got to, you've got you've got to be representing when it's Burns night, lad. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just have double haggis on my plate then. <laughs> <laughs> um, going forward, what's um, what's the plans for maybe seeing you doing a little bit over uh, in America, TV-wise and what have you? I know you've been doing a little bit via the satellite and what have you, doing a bit of Max Kellerman and all those types of TV shows. Have you got any plans to go over maybe whilst Tyson and Wilder are at it? I mean, it's ESPN. It'd be great to see you over there. Yeah, it'd be good, obviously. Yeah, but um, I, just, I need to focus on myself at the minute. You know, mm. um, if I'm boxing up in Hong Kong, song, I need to get my my trainer um, situation sorted out. So I'm focusing on that at the minute. You know, um, I'll, I'll I'll be watching that fight. You know, I can watch it on TV. So yep. I'd love to go over and I'd love to go over and, and see it. But I've got to focus on on the job ahead. You know, and I've got to I've got to get my situation sorted out. Cool, man. So you're expecting an announcement regarding that mandatory situation maybe in the, in the not-too-distant future, a month or so? Yeah, in the not-too-distant future, hopefully. Um, okay, cool. uh, hopefully I'll know a bit more uh, if, if it's going to be him or if it's not going to be him um, in the next couple of weeks, but uh, I'm sure you'll hear. So there you go. At the start of the podcast, when I tell you that we bring you the biggest guests and the biggest news, I wasn't lying. Tyson Fury, Shakur Stevenson, Scott Quick, Cal Yafai, Josh Taylor, come on. What more do you want? And it's not a one-off. We do this week in, week out. And we want you to come and join us. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes. It's very simple. You're just looking for Fight Night. It's a big yellow box. You can see it. It says TalkSport all over it. Hit the button. You'll never miss out on any of our boxing content, which will be available for you every single Monday morning. And if you need an Android feed, head to the website, TalkSport.com. We'll catch you next time. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 